means you don't believe the word of God. Yeah. I want you to help me look at your neighbor and say, I want to see your teeth. <laughs> the Bible says in his presence is fullness. Somebody say fullness. fullness. Not small, small, not little by little. Fullness of joy. And when you come into his presence, you must engage the fullness of joy in his presence. As I speak this morning, I see the hold of depression is broken over somebody's mind. I see that spirit of heaviness depart from somebody's life. So you are leaving this service this morning rejoicing. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Glory be to Jesus. And I, I need somebody to understand this morning, I'm not trying to make you feel good. I'm trying to bring you into the actualization, the, the full awareness of what God is doing in your life. Yeah. Your lack of awareness will not stop him. It's just like to stop you from enjoying it. Yeah. Because it's always working on your behalf. But your lack of awareness can cut you short from partaking of his goodness. So you can't come to the presence of God, the Bible says, in his presence, fullness of joy, you know, and at his right hand, pleasures forevermore. And that speaks to everything good, like healing, like restoration, like deliverances. And you, your heart must be open to receive. Glory be to Jesus. Tap your neighbor for the last time in this service and tell them, wake up. God is working for you. And tap somebody else, say, it's time to enjoy the fullness of his blessings. So we started a series of teachings a couple of weeks ago, Enduring Careers and Enterprises. We picked our test from Psalm 90 and verse 17. Psalm 90 and verse 17. Can you put that up for me? Uh, uh, the, the, uh, the, the, our scripture for this series from Psalm 90 and verse 17. And uh, I want us to read it together as a church. Are you ready? One, two, let's go. Can we do it one more time? And let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us and establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. Wherever you are hearing the sound of my voice, whether online or around these premises or anywhere else, I want you to understand one thing and come to the full assurance of it that God wants to establish the work of your hand. Amen. Yeah. And in this church, we enjoy grace for divine establishment. We've seen many people who are despondent, who are moving from pillar to post, and come into our midst, enjoyed grace for divine establishment, and God has fully planted them in one area of life or the other where they are making impact. And what God does for one is a testimony that he wants to do for all. Because he doesn't have favorites. The Bible only says they that honor his word and obey it will benefit from it. And that's why I was emphasizing earlier on, you know, today that you should come to that awareness that the word of God is working for you. Praise God somebody. So uh, uh, in this service we want to push it a little further looking at uh, uh, the, the, the tools for building legacies. I titled this air for good. Air for good. Somebody let me tell your neighbor say you are air for good. Yeah. And say you are going to make impacts. So you are going to leave a legacy behind. So Psalm 90 and verse 17 there says, And let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us and establish the work of our hands. Yes, establish the work of our hands. 
is, is, is a proclamation, at the same time it's a prayer that you should take from church. I said you should commit this scripture to memory. I know some of us may have forgotten it already. The hustle and bustle of Lagos and the pressure of Lagos has taken Psalm 90 and verse 17 out of your mind. Yeah. You need to commit it to memory. That's the whole essence of this big gathering and the teaching of God's word. That we come into a fuller assurance of what we have in God's word. God, you know, is, 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 has already prepared to do everything that he wants to do. And what he wants to do in my life and in your life, how he wants to impact your family, impact your nation, everything has already been coded in the scriptures. He's impacted nations in time past. So we can take a cue from that and know how it's going to impact our nation. He has impacted families in time past and it's now coded. From that, you can get a sense of what he can do in your family. He has changed lives in time past. So from there, you can take a cue and understand how God can work in your life to change your life. Since let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us and establish the work of our hands. God wants to establish the work of my hands. He wants to establish the work of my hand. Psalm, um, another psalm that we read that I want, us, I want to bring us uh, you know, back to is Psalm 92, and verse, verse 12 down to 15. Psalm 92, verse 12 down to 15. It says, The righteous shall flourish like palm tree. It shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall do what? I cannot hear you. Yeah. Shall flourish in the courts of our God. Said they shall still bear fruit in old age. It means that they shall be enduring. Their fruitfulness shall be enduring. We're talking about enduring enterprises, enduring careers. They shall still bear fruit in old age. That means they are here for good. Because they will walk in the understanding of how to build legacies. They will work to actualize the dictates of the word of God. And the Bible says, even in old age, they shall bear fruit. Say they shall be fresh and flourishing. To declare that the Lord is upright, he is my rock, and there's no unrighteousness in him. That means they will have a testimony. Yeah, they will have a testimony. So in 60s, in 70s, in, in their 80s, they will continue to have a testimony. Yeah, they continue to have a testimony. I had the privilege of sitting with an old man, I think on Tuesday night. Yeah. I'm sure if I mention his name, everybody here knows him. Uh, an elder statesman. Now, I think in his 80s. And this man sat in a meeting with us for three hours. He only went, he took a bathroom break once. Yeah. And he was strong. The meeting that went almost to midnight, the man was still firing on. And I looked at him, I was like, man, when I grow up, I want to be like this. Yeah. When I grow up, I want to be like this. I'm actually talking about Dr. Christopher Kolade. When I grow up, I want to be like this. Yeah. I want to be, I mean, the man is still strong. And that's an enduring Christian testimony. And he served this nation. Left a legacy in industry, in, you know, in, in, you know, in diplomacy and in everywhere. Yeah. We don't have too many of such people. Yeah. The Bible says they shall be fresh and flourishing to declare that the Lord is upright. is my rock and there's no unrighteousness in him. It's my rock and there's no unrighteousness in it. That means they will have a testimony of something enduring that God is doing. God will establish the work of our hands. He keeps giving us testimonies consistently. Victory upon victory upon victory upon victory. God wants to give you victory. Don't be despondent. Don't, don't, don't throw away the towel. And whatever you're going through right now is 
there to prove that God wants to be faithful to you. And specifically this morning, I'm speaking to you concerning your careers, concerning your businesses, that God wants to give you enduring legacies in those areas. Talking about, you know, tools for building enduring legacies, I want us to first and foremost understand that direction and patience are key, you know, to the, the very key, the very important in building legacies. Direction, patience. Direction, patience. Romans 8 and uh, I think verse 14, the Bible says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, said they are the sons of God. Those are the sons of God. Your ability to be able to capture what is ahead of you. Your ability to capture what is ahead of you. Not to be in haste. Not to be too hasty. The Bible says in Proverbs 23 and verse, verse 4 and 5 in the Amplified Translation, it says, Worry not yourself to be rich. Cease from your own human wisdom. He said, I will set your eyes. He said, will you set your eyes upon wealth when suddenly it's gone? He said, for riches certainly make themselves wings like eagles that fly towards the heavens. There's something about riches in the hands of someone who's not getting wisdom from God, the Bible says, in the King James said, it, it develops wings and flies. That means it's not a normal sequence of things as far as God is concerned. Riches are not supposed to have wings. But in the hand of the wrong person, in the hand of the hasty, in the hand of the one who is depending only on his own wisdom, in the hand of the one who is not considering the engagement of God's grace for divine establishment, in the hand of the one who is not willing to be planted, in the house of God, to flourish in the courts of our God, riches can receive grace <laughs> to develop wings. Riches are supposed to endure from generation to generation. But the Bible says riches can develop wings. Despite the fact that they're supposed to endure from generation to generation, Proverbs 13 and verse 22 the Bible says a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. But wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous. A good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. That means riches are supposed to endure from generation to generation. Okay. So Proverbs 28 and verse 20. It says a faithful man shall abound with blessings, but he who makes haste to be rich at any cost shall not go unpunished. We live in a city where uh, just coming into this city, and if you're watching from around the world, you just need to visit Lagos. You will understand what I'm talking about. There's something about this city that communicates to people that you should not be an onlooker. In fact, we say it like this, don't be a Lagos looker. Or how do we put it? Something like that. Yeah. Uh, don't, 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 be, don't come and count bridges in Lagos. The truth is that we actually don't have many. Yeah. <laughs> we, we don't have many. Uh, if you have traveled around the world, you know we shouldn't be saying that. Yeah. We shouldn't be saying that. It's not a good thing. Because we can count them on our fingertips. Yeah. Uh, there are cities that have bridges and they have uh, one over ten of the number of people that we have in Lagos. And they have times ten of the number of bridges that we have. Yeah. So 
Let's say something else. All right? But this is what I'm saying. When you come into Lagos, there's something in the atmosphere that pushes you to want to do just anything to make money. There's something in the atmosphere, it's a spirit over this city that fools people that you don't need to be established in anything. Just do whatever brings money and make money quick. So people get into careers looking out for how to make money very quick. People get into businesses and they just want to break through anyhow, at any cost, quickly. And for such people, we need to remind them that ordinarily, riches are supposed to endure, but in the hands of such people, those who make haste, who are hasty to, 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 to make riches, the Bible says, riches have a way of developing wings. May riches not develop wings in your hands. Amen. In the precious name of Jesus. But as we are saying amen, you know that you have, you know, some ex-rich people around you. Some former rich men. Former influential persons. Yeah. Former businesses that are doing well, but are no longer doing well. There are many things that we can attribute that to, but one of the main things that you should attribute that to as a Christian is lack of grace for divine establishment. Lack of focus on building enduring legacies. But the will of God for you and I is that we'll be able to build real enduring legacies. Things that if our children are interested in, we can pass it to them. And even when they're not interested, they'll keep eating from it. Is somebody say with me today? Yeah? Because they're like a, like, like a tree. You don't have to be the one tending the tree before you eat from it. Yeah. So if you have any profession right now, any business, don't force your children to have to work there. Just make sure it's running well. Let other people tend it. It's still in line with the will of God. They will eat from it. Yeah. <laughs> praise God. I said praise God. <clears throat> so I can go on and on and on emphasizing the need for us to focus on building legacies. But let's look at, you know, a, a, few, a few keys to building legacies or fun, fundamentals for building legacy. One is vision. Yeah. To be more vision-driven than money-driven. Anyone that wants to focus on building legacy must be more vision-driven than money-driven. It's important to remember that money is important, but God is essential. Money is important, but God is essential. And when we say God is essential, we're not just talking religion. We're talking about the wisdom that flows from God. We're talking about the sure mercies of David, according to Isaiah 55, I think verse 3. The Bible talks about the sure mercies of David. You see the same thing in, uh, in 2, Samuel, 2 Samuel chapter 17, uh, I think verse 3. 2 Samuel 17 and verse 3. God was having a conversation with David after David told God that he was going to build his house for him. David said, you know, I, 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 uh, I've been living in houses of cedar, and the, the, the hack of the Lord has been living in tents. So in, in, in 2 Samuel 7, sorry, 2 Samuel 7 and verse 3, God looked at David and says, my mercy, 2 Samuel 7 and verse 15, yeah, my mercy will not depart from your house. He said, you are not the one that will build the house, but your, your son that I will give you, Solomon, will build the house. 
And even if any of them misbehave, he said, I will spank them. I will send men to chastise them, but my mercy will not depart from your house. And based on that abiding mercy, yeah, he said, but my mercy shall not depart from him as I took it from Saul, whom I removed from before you. He said, the same way I terminated the legacy of Saul, I will no longer terminate your legacy by reason of my mercy. This mercy was what Isaiah was referring to in Isaiah 55, and verse number 3, when he says, talks about the sure mercies of David. God wants to have mercy on you and I. We are, you know, objects of his mercy. We are objects of his mercy. And he wants to show that mercy to us from time to time. And it's when we align ourselves, we don't put the cart before the horse, we will maximize the mercy of God that leads to enduring careers and enduring legacies. We will not be too much in haste. Yeah. We will not make haste, you know, to, to get rich. We'll follow God. we understand the times and seasons and follow God. So vision it's very important to be more vision-driven than money-driven. People who have built enduring legacies, they have, it's been based on vision, based on one problem that I want to solve, something that I, that I want to do to add value. Money flows in the direction of value. And uh, it's a vision from God that can give you a sense of the value that you're supposed to be adding. Many of us use the, the Huber hub, for instance. You know, when you read the story of how Huber started, I think two or three friends or so were visiting Europe, and I think they were snowed in or something. Some of us may have read the story before. And they, they were there for a conference, and they just thought about it. What, what, what will it be like if there's an electronic platform where we don't have to get on the street to call a cab? We just need to order a cab to this place now and take us from where we are to where we're going. And they departed and they thought about it and they said, we'll follow up on the thought and all that. And that's how they followed up on the thought. And today, Uber is a multinational. Yeah. Brought disruption into the transport business all around the world. Some of us use our Uber app anywhere. Anywhere I landed in any airport now. You know, before you have to be worrying about who is going to pick you up. But those days are over. Just get, 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 just get internet and then <laughs> you get Uber or Lyft or whatever, the, the, all, all the other competitions and the many other competitors right now. It, it didn't, the idea did not start from we want to make money. Money flows in the direction of value. Wherever you're focused on value, a vision-driven value to, that you want to add, it's, a necess I mean, it's a, the necessary or the, 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 the follow-up to that is that money of a necessity will flow in your direction. So if you want to build a legacy, you must remember that it's better to be vision-driven than be money-driven. Secondly, is that in building a legacy, we have to focus on building a clock, not just telling the time. Yeah, you need to build a clock not just tell the time. And this speaks to relevance. You must know what time and season you are in. And things are always easier to do in the time of a thing. Yeah, in the time of a thing. 
That's why the, the adage says we should, you know, we should make haze when the sun is shining. Yeah. While the sun shines. Because it's the time of a thing that the thing is easier. Ephesians chapter 5, when you read from verse 15, he said, see that you, you walk circumspectly. Not as fools, but as wise. Making the most of every opportunity. King James says, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Yeah. And uh, I love the message translation of it. It says, uh, watch your steps, use your head. These are dangerous times. Watch your steps, use your head. He said, these are dangerous times. Yeah. Uh, don't, 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 he said, don't, 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 don't waste your time on useless work, mere busy work, the barren pursuit of darkness. Uh, no, no, go, go to, yeah. It says, climb out of the coffin, Christ will give you life. So watch your steps, use, use your head. Make the most of every chance you get. These are desperate times. These are desperate times. Put verse 17 there. Let's see. These are desperate times. It says, don't live carelessly, unthinkingly. Make sure you understand what the master wants. Those are very instructive words. Don't live carelessly, unthinkingly. Make sure you understand what the master wants. You know, I said very important to building enduring legacies is, is to know the will of God and to be patient to work on it. Yeah. To know the will of God for you in your career and to patiently work on it. Don't jump from frying pan to fire and then jump back into frying pan. And then, you know, that's how some people work their careers. And by the time you're in your mid-40s, the career doesn't have head or tail. Yeah. And they look at the last 20 years and somebody's asking, so what have you been doing, really? Whatever wants to derail you from the pursuit of your God-given destiny, this month we will terminate it. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone who has gone on a wimp, believing a lie, working on something that will not work, my God will redirect your steps this month. Yeah. In the precious name of Jesus. That's what I'm believing God for. That God will overturn and reorder and rework our steps and plant on our, our feet on the rock to stay. Not on the miry clay. Because it's time to be established. Glory be to Jesus. So it's time to build the clock. Build a clock and don't just tell the time. Yeah. Build a clock. The Bible talks, uh, you know, uh, in, in, in 1 Chronicles 12 and 32 about the sons of Issachar. He said of the sons of Issachar who had understanding of times to know what Israel ought to do. And their chiefs were 200 and all their brethren were at their command. Why? Because they literally owned the clock. Yeah. They owned the clock. You know, there's a way you can build a, build a clock in your industry. Seeking to understand how things work. Seeking to understand trends. And not just to be doing operational work and just, you know, some of us are running businesses. Why are you supposed to take a vantage position like what we saw in Abaku chapter 2? I will stand upon my watch, set me upon the rampart, and I will, I will, you know, seek to see what he will say to me. And he says, write the vision, make it plain upon the table that it may run that reads it. Don't run anyhow. Run with a vision. It's not that it may run anyhow, that it may run with a vision. Because there's an understanding of what is happening and what may happen next. And God keeps guiding your steps. Those are the traits of somebody who is enjoying grace for divine establishment. Your feet will not be moved. Some, one wind will not just come and, and sweep you away. 
making you to, you know, uh, encouraging you to make a bad decision that can jeopardize everything you're building. That will not be your portion in Jesus' name. Amen. Somebody say a better amen. amen. Preserve the core, but stimulate progress. Preserve the core, but stimulate progress. I'm talking about being consistent with your values, but also evolve with changing times. Being consistent with your values. You need to be able to say, these are the values that I live by. If you want to build a legacy, you must understand the values that you live by, even in changing times. Preserve the core. Preserve the core, but stimulate progress. The core is always there. When you are pressed to the wall, what, what will come out? The core. What you are preserved in the core. The values that you live by. Already, I mean, I, I saw a story of a young man in the course of the week. I mean, we literally celebrated him in our office, though we don't know him. He's an American young boy on Steve Ave show um, who lost his job but had a very strong core value for diligence, for timeliness, you know, for everything in that range. So this boy got another job, a young black boy, I think in his early 20s or so, got another job, and he lives in the suburb of one of the, 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 the states, not in a big city, obviously, uh, where there was no public transportation. His car wouldn't start. He was supposed to resume the job with a moving company, uh, uh, maybe about 6 or 6.30 a.m. in the morning. And in the evening, he realized that his car wouldn't start. There was a problem with his car. So he waited till he calculated the time to walk to the place because we were supposed to meet at uh, a customer's house where they're going to move things. And he made up his mind at about 11, 11.30 p.m. that he was going to walk, even if he was going to walk overnight to get there. <laughs> and he started walking. What's, I mean, it sounded like a silly decision. I'm sure if he were his mom, he would tell him something is wrong with you. But he just told himself, I'm not going to bungle this opportunity. Yeah. The car is broken down, but my legs are working. And he started working. He said he was walking on, on the road, and, you know, police, policemen saw him, approached him, asked him what was going on. They decided to help him. Yeah. Gave him a lift to some place, I think he said one of his friends. Cut a long story short, he got to the house an hour before time. Yeah. I think around 5.30 a.m. When he pressed the bell, the owner of the house came out, a woman, and asked, oh, so what are you doing here? You people are supposed to be here in an hour. And she told the woman, I just started, I've been working from last night. One or two people have given me a lift. I just wanted to be here on time. Yeah. I mean, it's an extreme case, but you know, sometimes uh, that's how we, we really get into the heart of certain things and certain people. So this woman looked at the guy and said, okay, go upstairs, go and there's a bed there, go and lie down and rest. The boy said, no. Just tell me what to do. I will start to work before my colleagues arrive. Yeah. So that we can do your work very fast. It's my first day at work. I want to be serious about this work. Yeah. The woman looked at him again. as strange. Probably fixed him a cup of tea or something while he was doing that. And the woman went on Facebook and wrote about this boy. Yeah. And because of our own clout on Facebook, before you know it, they put up a GoFundMe stuff for him and raised $90,000 for this boy. And because this boy has a legacy mindset, the high school where he graduated from, which was maybe for a bit of less privileged kids and all that, and he said in his interview, he said, they made me who I am today and gave me all these values. He sent them $25,000. Sivabe asked him, what's wrong with you? <laughs> they just helped your destiny and gave you $90,000. You are already given $25,000 out of it. He said, I just feel like I have to leave a legacy. I have to, you know, 
the, the, the principal of the school was on Steve Abe's show, who also spoke about the fact that uh, the $25,000, they have decided to name a scholarship in his name that they will give, they will be using it, you know, to help the underprivileged kids. And, you know, it was just a very interesting story. The owner of the company that he was going to work for for the first day honored him with his own car. He gave him his car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Preserve the core. What is in your core? What is moving you? What is driving you? What is driving you is more important than what you are driving. Because what is driving you can change what you are driving. <laughs> yeah. Preserve the core. Always recognize that God wants you to preserve the core while you stimulate progress around you. Preserve the core, stimulate progress. I love another story in the scriptures. David. David made up his mind, I'm going to preserve the core. God sent an adversary to him by the name of Saul. Maybe you are working somewhere now and you have a Saul as a boss. You are not alone. David had it before. David worked with Saul. Saul threw a javelin at David to kill him. Your boss only gave you a query. He didn't throw a javelin at you. Yeah. Yeah. Be careful what is pressing you out of order. Because some people jump when the time has not arrived just because of a little pressure. David had two or three opportunities to kill Saul and destroy him. The prophet, this one is not a joke, prophet of God by the name of Samuel already anointed him and told him you are going to be the next king. So it's not like your own. Nobody has said you are going to take that position. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you may be the assistant manager. Nobody has prophesied manager to you. But you are doing everything within your power to badmouth your boss and say what is not true because the boss is also lying against you. Lie for lie, yes. But yet you come to church and sing praise worship. And you are still doing lie for lie. You can't gain divine establishment that way. David encountered a bad boss. You see, there's a difference between an unreasonable boss and a wicked boss. They're not the same. There are two different levels. Maybe what you have now is an unreasonable boss. David had a wicked boss. The wicked is the one that's calling for your life and your destiny. The unreasonable is just unreasonable. <laughs> yeah, they're just demanding. You need to make, you know, Find a difference. Because some people now, because somebody's very demanding and a bit unreasonable, in your mind you have zeroed it as wickedness. No. And the devil is tempting you, be wicked too. Do, do. Even David that had a wicked boss, time will not permit to read scriptures, you go and read it at home. With everything that Saul did to him, he had an opportunity to strike Saul. And you know, if he was able to strike him just once and Saul, you know, dies, they will coronate him immediately. So, I mean, Samuel was already waiting. So it wasn't a matter of uh, go and come. No. There's no election. Just kill this guy, you take the throne. And David will withdraw himself and he will say, I will not touch the Lord's anointed. Yeah. Your boss is your boss, whether you like it or not. Yeah. At least as of today. It may not be your boss tomorrow and in the future, but today is your boss. You need to consider such a person with a level of honor that even they are being unreasonable or wicked will not still make you to repay wickedness with wickedness. That's your call as a Christian, and you need to preserve it 
Even in the face of adversity, that's how we build legacies. Somebody see here today. Yeah? That's how you can build a legacy career. Somebody in your mind, you're thinking, nah, but that would be slow. Go and ask David. It was slow because David was running from pillar to post for years. So he, he was slow. Though he was anointed, but he couldn't get in immediately. But when he got in, nobody could remove him. Yeah. Nobody could remove him. To the end that God said, there's something that's called the sure mercies of David that will make the throne to abide forever. Israel will still celebrate David up to today, but they, can't, they don't remember Saul. Yeah. They don't say anything about Saul. Glory be to Jesus. Jerusalem is still called the city of David. Yeah. Not the city of Saul. <laughs> Glory be to Jesus. Let me say one or two more and then bring, bring this to an end. Relationship matters. In your quest to build a legacy, build a network. Build a network. Build a network. Recognize those that are around you. Build a network. Build a network. Build a network. It's very important. If you want to build a legacy in a career, in a business, you must be mindful of the fact that the fact that you're a Christian does not mean that you shouldn't have a network. Yeah. Father, you're a Christian, does not mean you shouldn't have a network. Have a network, professional network, business network. In 2 Kings chapter 4, uh, Elijah told a woman who got into trouble. Her husband died. The creditors came to carry her children, and then she went to meet the prophet. Invariably, she went to meet God. So Elijah said to her, what shall I do for you? 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 2 and 3. What shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? And she said, your maid servant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. Then he said, go borrow vessels. Can you help me look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, say, go borrow vessels. Say, so from everywhere, from all your neighbors, empty vessels, do not gather a few. There's a lot to unpack in the issue of go borrow vessels for another day. But the one thing that I want you to understand today was that if this woman did not have a network of neighbors who are in talking terms with her, you are a thief if you carry my vessel without telling me. Yeah. You, 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 have, you have not been greeting me. Now, because a prophet came to you, you will now come and ask for my vessel. For what? I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. You, when, if God gives you such a word, you need a network. If not, that word will not see the light of the day. Yeah. You need a network. She sent her sons. It was because her sons were familiar with her network that they could go and collect vessels from everywhere. And they were pouring, and the oil was flowing. The oil only ceased when, the best, when they said there was no more vessel. If you got such a word from God or from a prophet of God, do you, have you positioned to be able to maximize it? Yeah. If God says today, go into your network, gather 20 people. I will speak to them. And they will do so and so to you. Who are you going to talk to? Yeah. I remember when I was in Daystar, my pastor was preaching like this and made a, prof a prophetic declaration. There's a young man in the service. He runs a business that runs, I mean, asset base of billions today. He was, I can't even remember what he was doing that time. Something, a more minor job. And he wanted, that, that was, this was when he wanted to, to, you know, make the first move to acquire his first asset. And I think then he said maybe five million naira or something. And as pastor was speaking, God was talking to him. 
He said, make a list of five people. In the service. This guy made a list of five people in the service. He was in the church compound. The moment the service was over, that he stepped to a corner. He said he did not leave church. It was inside church that he called the five of them. And all of them promised to give him the one million naira each. By the time Sunday night was over, he had five million. Today, he runs a business that has assets in billions. Yeah, I'm talking of something that happened, uh, you know, maybe over 10 years ago. But I need you to understand something. If God put that word in your heart and you are struggling, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know in, in, in John chapter 5, there was the story of the man by the pool of Bethesda who has been dead 28 years or 38 years. And he said, it's because I have nobody to put me in, no network. Meanwhile, you read in the same Gospels, another guy who was impotent in his feet, and Jesus was speaking somewhere, and there were four people who brought him, bearing the risk of tearing the roof of somebody's house. Yeah. Can people take risk on you? Yeah. Do you have such a network? That's what we're saying. Because you work in an office, you quarrel with everybody there. Yeah. The day you were going, you, you sold all of them off. Plus the boss, plus associates, abused everybody, told them to go to hell. And then you walked out. That's how you shut down all the network within that place. Yeah. And then you start afresh somewhere else. Yeah. And yet, you are in a place like this where there's grace for divine establishment. But you, you are not maximizing it because you are not thinking legacy. Because God, in the case of the widow in 2 Kings chapter 4, God will not do anything except she has people that she can talk to to gather vessels. Because if you go back to Elisha and say, sorry, sir, nobody's giving me vessel. <laughs> the prophet will tell you, you have to wait for another prophet to come. My own work has finished. <laughs> Lastly, pay attention to systems and processes. You want to build a legacy? Pay attention to systems and processes. In the first message of this series, we're talking about the cash flow quadrant. And I said, in the cash flow quadrant, there's a difference between a business owner and a self-employed. A self-employed person and a business owner, the difference between both of them is the capacity to build systems. One works for money, the other one makes his money and asset work for him. Yeah. The other one makes people, money and asset to work for him. The difference between both of them is capacity to build systems. You attend a church where we work on systems. We have systems for doing ministry, systems from running almost everything. That's why we're maximizing the grace that God is giving us. You cannot build your own business on nothing, on what is selling, on what people are saying, on just anything. Somebody say with me today, God cannot give you an idea and will not be able to trust you to be able to put a process around it, to be able to establish, you know, something strong with it. The Bible says in Proverbs 12 and verse 27, says, a lazy man does not roast what he took in hunting, but diligence is a man's precious possession. 
A lazy man does not roast what he took in hunting. If you pick something in hunting, God drops an idea in your heart, and you cannot process that idea, make it marketable, create a structure around it, what happens is that that idea is going to die. You're like somebody who goes, you know, uh, to, to the forest, cut a game, and brings it home, refuse to roast it, refuse to process it, by the next morning, you know, it's smelling. You can't do anything with it again. That's how some people work with their ideas. A lazy man does not roast what he caught in hunting. What processes are you putting around the things that God has put in your heart? Because we're talking about building legacies. What processes are you, you know, do you document things, your ideas, your vision? Are you documenting them? Do you focus on due processes? Are you protecting, you know, your patents? Are you protecting any idea that God is giving you? Or you're just leaving it like that to just flow? Because we're talking about legacies. What is your execution strategy? Do you have processes? You know, in Africa, we were all brought up, well, especially if you, I know it's everywhere, everywhere. Not, I wanted to say, especially if you are like from Southwest, where I came from, but in the East, they're not everywhere. There are trades within families. They derive their names from it. Even when they were illiterate and they could not write anything, they still had a way of putting the process in place so they could pass this trade from generation to generation. So in Yoruba language, for instance, where you hear somebody bearing names like Ogundele, Ogundis, and all that, it means that they are uh, uh, metal smithing and all that. That's what they did in their family. How to do it? The implement with which they did it was passed from generation to generation. They made holes and cutlasses, and their kids, as many as are interested, took it up from there, you know, like that. You hear names like Anyoshei, know this, know that. That means those are people who are into entertainment. They beat drums. They're percussionists. And they did not write, they didn't go to music school. They did not write how to beat the drum. The kids looked at them, they showed it to them, they practiced, and they picked it up like that. And it goes from one generation to the other. If you want to preserve a legacy, you must be, you must understand processes, process documentation. Your business may be small right now. Your career may be small. Uh, last night at Saturday service, I was sharing about a few years ago, I'll, I'll close on this. I was sharing a few years ago about, uh, I can't remember, maybe about eight or ten years ago. My wife and I were on holiday in England. And we, we, we went out for dinner with um, um, a friend of ours. And they invited another friend to join us. Two people on the dinner table happened to be consultants. My friend's wife and another common uh, mutual friends that, that, that we, we have. And they were just talking casually. I'm, I'm sure you still remember. Where one said uh, there was someone who, as at that time, was consultant, I think, with the NHS, and she was earning 300 pounds an hour. And the other guy was consulting for a company in Saudi, and he goes to Saudi every week from the UK. But his work was 500 pounds an hour. Yeah. So you can imagine, I sat down there at the dinner table and thinking, hey. <laughs> and they are not footballers, though. <laughs> How can somebody be earning 500 pounds an hour? That means if I do eight hours work, I will go home with 4,000 pounds. Not a month, one day. So I had to ask them, how are you doing it? Yeah. 
And one of them said, you know, I've worked in about four or five places, but what makes you a good consultant is the ability to understand processes, to make them adaptable, to understand, you know, uh, uh, how things work in different places. He said, well, well, I mean, if I get into a place, I have templates. Consultants work with templates, and they can make those templates adaptable after they understand what you are doing. A good consultant will do that, will not just dump a template on you. And that's, that's what these guys do. They work with processes, templates, you know, process management and stuff like that, helping people to think. Some of us have run businesses for years now. By now, you're supposed to be consultants. But you don't keep documents. You don't reckon with, you know, things. You have ideas that you don't patent. You can't build a legacy on that. Yeah. You can't build a legacy on that. Some of us, the way God is positioning us, you're supposed to be consulting at international level. But please, let's deal with laziness. Mental laziness. And lack of order. Let's deal with it. It may limit destiny and limit the operation of the grace for divine establishment. When you deal with laziness, you are not in a hurry. You seek direction. You put order around you. Order makes for increase. When you put order around your business, order around your career, you can think further. You can see five, ten years from now and what God will do. There, there will be too much wisdom that you come into a forum, you speak, people will be chasing you around. So you come and work for us. Come and do something for us. I pray that will be your testimony. Amen. Whatever has limited the growth of your career terminates this month. Anyone who may have believed a lie, anyone who may be on the wrong path, I pray for you this morning that God starts a new work in your life, that the old of lies are broken over your life in the name of Jesus. And I have this word for somebody here right now. You've asked questions about quest on questions on why things are not as fast as you think they should be. And God said to tell you, when I start with you, you will understand compound interest. I need you to write it down because somebody's going to give a testimony on this. He said, when I start with you, nobody will teach you compound interest again. Because I'm going to show you that the years that you have accumulated is not in waste. Yeah. So I'm going to go wasted. So you need to wait for me. That's what God is saying. You need to wait for me. You need to put order around what you are doing. You need to put structure around what you are doing. You need to understand processes and wait for me. Because when I break out on you, people will think you are doing magic. Glory be to Jesus. I said glory be to Jesus. Lift your two hands all over this place. Lift your two hands all over this place. And just bless his name. Next Sunday we're going to be praying in all the services. Praying for career and business breakthroughs. We believe in breakthroughs. And we are not ashamed to say it. Because there's something that is called the help of God. It's better than the help of man. As you come into this place next Sunday, you need to come with your faith and life and well. Yeah. If you have contract papers, proposals, whatever it is. Visions, things that you have, that, that, that you have written down. Project document. Bring them into service next Sunday. Let's speak the grace and the blessing of God over them. Because I see God breaking out in everyone's direction. Anything that has stored in the name of Jesus, you have come into a season 
where things that are stored will receive life. In the name of the Lord Jesus. I want you to lift your two hands to Jesus this morning and just tell him, Lord, I'm a candidate. I position myself to build legacy. A good man leave an inheritance for his children. I position myself to be a man and a woman of legacy. That should be your prayer this morning. Will you ask him today, Lord, give me wisdom. Wisdom to build processes. Wisdom to build structures. Wisdom not to fool around with an idea that I should run with. Wisdom to understand what you want me to run with at this season. Somebody speak to God this morning. 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 Will you pray today? Lord, I don't want to be left behind in your grace, in the operations of your grace. I want to engage the grace for divine establishment like never before. I'm a candidate for more. I want more of you, more of your wisdom, more of your favor. Let it show mercies of David. Be at work in my life. Somebody may be on the wrong path right now, but by the reason of God's mercy, this season, God is going to redirect your steps. Going to redirect your steps. Going to redirect your steps. And it's going to plant your feet on the rock to stay. No more vacillation. No more touch and go. Grace for divine establishment comes upon the work of your hand. Father, we bless your name. Wave those hands to him all over this place. Lord, we thank you for that which you are doing in this house. We thank you for your word that does not fail. We thank you because this year is ending in celebration for somebody. Thank you for the oil of joy that is poured up out on us today. We see the months ahead with divine establishment, divine accomplishment, and speed for destiny accomplishment. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, our Father. We ask that you take all the glory and all the praise. See, we'll all let you